Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Therapy Chat Podcast, Episode 306. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. Thank you to Sunset Lake CBD for sponsoring this week's episode. Use promo code CHAT for 20% off your entire order at sunsetlakecbd.com. Sunset Lake CBD is a farmer-owned small business that shifts craft CBD products directly from their farm outside of Burlington, Vermont to your door. Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. They offer tinctures, edibles, salves, and coffee designed to help with sleep, stress, and sore muscles. Sunset Lake CBD customers support regenerative agriculture that preserves the health of the land and creates meaningful employment in the community. Farm workers are paid a living wage and employees own the majority of the company. Remember, use promo code CHAT to get 20% off your entire order at sunsetlakecbd.com. Hey everyone, it's me, Laura Reagan. Just wanted to make sure that you know about what I've got going on this summer. I don't think I've really talked about it much here, which is silly, but in case you didn't hear, I did start a second podcast called Trauma Chat which is really for anyone who wants to understand what trauma is and how it shows up in our lives. As you've heard me say, if you've listened to this show, I've mentioned a million times that people tend to think that trauma is something that happens to someone else, something horrific and unthinkable, unspeakable. And that is true. Trauma is that. But it's also experiences that are very commonly shared among many of us, most of us. On Trauma Chat, I break down what trauma is in hopefully understandable language that's not stigmatizing. I know I couldn't have possibly captured every thought there is about trauma and every aspect of trauma and how it shows up, but I hope that trauma chat will be helpful to people who really don't understand what trauma is and maybe wondering, do I have trauma, you know, or wanting to better understand what someone they care about is going through. And most importantly, how to get help 
if you have experienced trauma, what to look for, how to describe your experiences or how to find the words that, that name what you've been through so that you can then connect with whatever type of resource support, whether it's therapy or a podcast that you'd like to listen to, to learn more about it or an article, another website. This is my hope in creating Trauma Chat. And the second part of that is the new Trauma Therapist Network community that I'm creating. It's unbelievable to say this because I've been laboring behind the scenes to bring this to you for a long time. Starting in around 2018 is when I first had the idea and then the process of getting from there to here has been slow and with many twists and turns, but I'm creating a community for people who have experienced trauma to find help for trauma therapists to find other trauma therapists to network with and refer to and gather and collaborate and share ideas and hopefully come together in person in in gatherings that I don't know if they'll be able to happen in 2021, but maybe by 2022, we can have in-person gatherings of trauma therapists to provide support to one another and combat the isolation of trauma work. Even if you work in a large agency or group practice, trauma work is so isolating. It's just part of the nature of it. And connecting with other people who get it is so valuable. The participants in my trauma therapist consult groups share how useful they find them to be because we're in our offices doing our work and then we go home and it can be really hard to receive the same kind of support that you give to your clients. So I hope that Trauma Therapist Network will be a useful resource for you, whether you are someone who's trying to find more information about trauma or if you are a trauma therapist yourself. To learn more, please go to traumatherapistnetwork.com. The website is not live yet as of June 28th when I'm recording this, but it will be live by August 1st if all goes well. And hopefully there may be even a soft launch before that, a beta version. So please go to traumatherapistnetwork.com where you can find a free download and sign up to be notified as soon as it officially goes live. Whether you are a therapist or just someone who wants to learn more about trauma, there's a download there for you, <laughs> different ones for each group. And I hope that this resource that I've really created from the heart will bring healing to more people. I really want people who have experienced trauma to be able to find the right kind of support. And that's why I created the Trauma Therapist Network. I hope you will join me there. Like I said, you can get more information by going to www.traumatherapistnetwork.com where you can sign up to be notified as soon as the official website goes live, which will be in August of 2021. If you're hearing this after August 2021, go there and hopefully you will find the site and you'll see everything that it has to offer. I cannot wait. This is such a labor of love, something that I've really poured my heart into and I'm just so excited for you to see it. Thank you so much for your support.
Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan. Today, I'm bringing you a conversation with someone who's been a guest on Therapy Chat multiple times before, Kyle Davies. Kyle is a former therapist and the founder of Energy Flow Coaching, and he lives in Wales. And his previous interviews on Therapy Chat have been very popular. So if you missed them, Definitely want to go back and check them out. I'll put the links in the show notes. Um, Kyle and I have both had COVID and um, we got together just to kind of talk about some of the after effects. We both had relatively mild cases, but the brain fog and COVID fatigue really are impactful. I know that I'm still having some effects of the brain fog. Um and this is not medical advice, of course, because neither of us is a doctor. But we're talking about what we've seen and what we've experienced. And I know that all of you listening are intelligent people who know to consult your own medical professionals if you have questions about COVID itself. But for the um, lived experience that we bring and what we've seen with some of our clients and friends. Um, that's what we are discussing today. So I hope you will find this conversation interesting. It's something that I think is affecting more and more people, um, the long-term symptoms and the long-term effects of having COVID. So hope you'll enjoy this episode. And as always, thank you for listening to Therapy Chat. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan, and today I'm so happy to be speaking again with my friend and previous multiple-time guest, Kyle Davies. Kyle, thanks for coming back to Therapy Chat today. Well, thank you so much for having me back. It's been a crazy time since I saw you last. Yeah, I think the last time we actually recorded, we actually were together in person when you came to D.C. Yeah, that was a couple years ago, wasn't it? Over in yeah. D.C. Running, running workshop, doing some book talks. So that was nice. Yeah. Yeah. But normally and where you are now is you're in Wales. I am in Wales next door to England. Yeah. So <laughs> why don't we start off before we dive into our conversation about COVID and long COVID? Why don't we start off by you just telling our audience for anybody who didn't catch your previous interviews, who you are and what you do in Wales. In Wales. So I'm a psychologist by original trade and I've been, been working in therapy for a long, long time, over 20 years. 1989, I started my first therapy practice. But since probably about 2001, 2002, I've been working at, or specializing, I suppose, with people with chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, adrenal fatigue, uh, the sort of fatigue and pain type conditions from a very mind-body perspective. Originally worked alongside a medical doctor in the as we pioneered this, this sort of work, uh, and more latterly with a little team of people who are scattered around the place. So that's me kind of in brief, and I guess that's the, the interest in COVID and long COVID, having worked with these fatigue and pain type conditions for, for such a long time. Yeah, and so now you're not doing therapy, but you're actually doing coaching. You want to tell people a little bit about energy flow coaching, just for a perspective uh, of our conversation? Yeah, I'm, 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 a bit, I'm a bit loosey-goosey in use of terms, to be honest with you. So I, I know there are those that, that want to be very professional and say that therapy and coaching are very, very different and should never be mixed. 
I'm, I'm being cavalier and mixing the two together. The idea of energy flow coaching is there. It, it's it's a mind body kind of approach, body centered, somatic, psycho spiritual in orientation, uh, and really has a number of underlying principles. One is that symptoms are trying to tell us something. Uh, one is that we have an innate well-being, so our body's working hard to to bring us back into uh, a state of wellness. Uh, third is that our, our experience is, is generated from the inside out. It's generated or created inside of us uh, and then filters out rather than it being kind of outside in. So the, the work is about uh, helping people to reattach to their, their, their body, their feelings. And in doing so, switching back on those self-correcting, self-healing mechanisms with, within them. Uh, if that makes sense. So it's it's sort of a series of ideas and principles. And there's a number of kind of exercises and techniques, I suppose, or practices that fall out of that. But it's it's more, uh, it's quite educational in, in the way it's delivered. And it's the reason it's, uh, I call it coaching is one, because it's sort of educational to a, certain, to a certain extent, but also because it, it's coaching in as much as guiding people back to their their own truth and 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 you know believing they have the resources within them uh, and coaching them along a process rather than specifically doing anything to them. I know there there, there are therapies that do the same, but um, uh, I think because it, it's it's a guiding process more than anything else. I you know I've gone with the term coaching. And you work with people all over the world. I, I do. Yes. Yeah, so we have we've got therapists. We got we've got a couple of therapists over there in the U.S four I think and yeah I personally work I do a lot of my work via zoom and teams so yeah I have in I have clients in all English speaking countries and that and other countries where they don't speak English but they're they're not as lazy as I am and they learn to speak English <laughs> well thank you for going over all that and I'm really interested in this conversation because you know when it was I don't know ironic or synchronous or something but you contacted me to say hey I've been working with some people who have long haul covid symptoms and you know want to talk about it and at the time when you contacted me I had covid and and you know I've mentioned on on here before that I had a breakthrough case recently and um then you mentioned that you had recently also had it so I think it's kind of interesting that we've both had it now and are talking about people who've been dealing with it. And, you know, I, I don't know, it's just we everyone wants to avoid getting COVID. I certainly did want to and still want to make sure I don't get it again. But, you know, you don't get to hear that many experiences from people who've had it. So I think it's kind of a unique um, opportunity for us to be talking about this today. Because, I mean, I know a lot of therapists who have had COVID and who had it before vaccinations were available and, and still are having complications, like heart problems and lung problems and neurological symptoms even more than a year later. So, you know, of course that's terrifying and we all worry about dying, but then these long, long-term lingering symptoms that just sort of seem to be treated in terms of like, if it causes you to have a heart problem, then you're going to have a heart procedure or you might need medication or something, but there's not a lot to be done, it seems. So I'm, I'm really curious to hear about what you have to say about it and what you're seeing. And I'll give you a chance to talk. <laughs> oh, this is good. 
I mean, it's, um, yeah, I mean, so I had COVID back at the end of July. And since then, it's certainly here in South Wales, where I am, it's, it's just going through everybody, you know, mm-hmm. it's rife. Um, and I think I'm looking at a map of Britain, the, it's here in various parts of England, it seems to be very popular to, to catch uh, some COVID. You know, I think that there are clearly a lot of complexities involved here. It's interesting to me that COVID manifests itself in a, in a variety of ways, which you don't generally see with colds and flus. So people are experiencing all sorts of different symptoms. You know, I didn't, I, I lost sense, my senses of taste and smell. Smell is not fully back, which is interesting. So that's it's like three sli- months. Yeah. So it's slightly, it's slightly muted, but it's not fully back. But I didn't have a cough. It probably took me, I don't know, three weeks of, of after having it to feel I was kind of back to normal. I would be honest and say that I, it didn't, it didn't actually stop working throughout having it. But again, sorry. So it, it, it but, but it presents obviously in very different, different ways. I think that looking at it from a more of the work perspective and me having done a little bit of work with a few people who are presenting with long COVID, I think my sense is that it's, it's, it's important that we remain open to what the possibilities and opportunities are, um, because obviously there doesn't appear to be a great deal on offer for those with long COVID. And of course, we don't, you know, we don't know what the long term effects are. But I suppose one of the things that I, one of the things that's, you know, probably my reason for agreeing, well, actually, my reason for, my reason, my reason for agreeing to take on a very first client was that her sister had ha- come to see me 15 years prior with ME chronic fatigue syndrome and said, well, I seem to have the same symptoms as my sister did back when she had, you know, 15 years ago. And because you helped her get her health back, um, I thought that I'd, I'd give you a ring. And I said, okay, well, come along. We'll just see, see what happens. And she did get her health back within, within a couple of months, six weeks, six weeks, two months. Uh, she'd gone from not working to sleeping for three hours every afternoon to back working. So that was, I thought, well, this is interesting. Maybe, you know, maybe there's something in here. Now, one of the things that I've always been kind of conscious of is that when I work with people with ME chronic fatigue syndrome or even adrenal fatigue, um, it's not uncommon for people to say, ah, right, well, it was a virus that caused my condition, be that Epstein-Barr, glandular fever or bad case of flu. And it's, you know, in terms of, I I think, you know, we kind of need to open up our understanding of a little bit, not that I know anything about viruses as such, but open our understanding of of symptoms and what causes symptoms. I mean, people generally think that it's the presence of a virus that directly causes the symptoms of a virus. But, but, you know, we know from, and I I can't remember the the dates of, of, of research, but we, you know, there's been research done where scientists have put a bunch of people into a hotel room, introduced a cold virus up their nose and then you get 20 to 40 percent of people that will actually manifest symptoms of the virus so or catch the cold you know so obviously a virus is the presence of a virus is necessary in order for an individual to present with symptoms of that virus but the fact that you know in tests 20 20 to 40 percent of people 
where only 20 to 40 percent of people will present symptoms would suggest well it's actually not simply having a virus now this is where i've always looked at it the chronic fatigue the fibromyalgias i've always looked at it from a sort of a complex systems or relational model where you know it's um, it's multiple primary causes effectively that, that build up the allostatic load you could say the load over time and you know, I think with me- with a medicalized mindset, we are used to looking at things f- as a, for the, from the perspective of well, what's the cause, the single cause? So something is causing me to have this, and you know, if I deal with that one cause, then you know, we're, we're, we'll be okay. Or we'll just like resist. get rid of the virus, and then yeah, you won't exactly. be sick. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I suppose I've always looked at it and I, to a certain extent, I'm, I'm adopting the same approach with, with the COVID and long COVID. The, the virus is the sort of the proverbial last straw. So it could well be that uh, a person's body and brain is under or has been under stress or they've experienced trauma, which has facilitated uh, maybe ongoing stress which of course can be invisible stress. They may not be aware of their, the fact that body and brain are, are under stress, but then the virus then could be come in as the, the proverbial last straw. Because that's sort of the argument really for the, you know, looking at those experiments where they've said, oh, well, yeah, it's the 20 to 40% will get the cold. Those individuals will, their systems will be stressed at some level. And that's why the immune is, uh, system is maybe suppressed to, to a certain extent. So that's, you know, I, I think it's important that we, we understand that. So I, th- I think that what there's there's two things I tend to do when I have been doing with and it's only a few people that I've been working with with long COVID, but I tend to look at it in. You want to jump in before you before you explain. I have a question that if you don't mind, because oh. it's hard for me to take in the new information, and if I have a question that I'm like, but wait, what's something? So <laughs> if you don't mind, would you would you tell? I know this is going back a little bit, but would you would you just tell a little bit about what ME is? I I know what chronic fatigue syndrome is, but what's ME? Uh, myalgic encephalitis is it, it. Now, again, this is it's sort of controversial. It, it, it's it's essentially, from my perspective, it's essentially the same as chronic fatigue syndrome. Uh, it's a term that was used in the UK and Australia, not really used in the US. Okay. The reason it wasn't really used in the US because it literally translated as an inflamed brain. And I I think early studies uh, suggested that there was no brain inflammation. I don't know whether that's changed. So the the U.S. never took on the the name ME. But uh, yeah. Thank you. But I do know that there there are people, I think, in the U.S. that do use the term because they they believe that there is a a brain issue. There's a brain inflammation issue that's going on. And yes. this is, again, there, there are lots of, you know, there are lots of perspectives and, you know, many of these conflict with, 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 with each other. Um, I have tended to look at or approach things from a particular perspective, but I'm, I'm very open to the fact that, well, I, yes, I am just offering a perspective. 
Thank you. And and also just before you go into how you're working with people who have long COVID, I would be really curious to hear what are the symptoms that people are, like you mentioned the one person who had the same symptoms as our sister who had ME or CFS, but what, what sort of symptom presentations are you, I mean, I'm assuming it's not if someone needs, has heart issues, but it, it could be, I don't know, but you know, what are the like constellation of symptoms that you so typically work the, with? The, 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 the few people that I've been working with, the, the primary symptoms they've presented with are fatigue, okay, um, muscle aches and pains, uh, and brain fog headaches as well with that um great because i think that when i had it the i didn't i had muscle aches they were very minor and i'll just say what i had real quick i didn't have a fever i i had a very minor cough i had some rest nasal congestion i didn't have any lung you know type congestion um but i had one really weird symptom the first symptom i had was i was like shivering and sweating all night long and no other symptoms at all and then i ended up getting a test a couple of days later when other symptoms came out. But the doctor said, actually, that that was your first symptom was the shivering and sweat. I mean, it was like out of the blue. And I've heard a couple other people say that they had that too. So I just, I thought that was really, really weird because I assumed it was like I wasn't sleeping while I was having anxiety or something, but right. I couldn't pinpoint anything. So I was like, I don't know. But um, anyway, the brain fog and the fatigue were the the only symptoms that didn't go away quickly. The other stuff was gone within like five days, but the the brain fog and fatigue for me, it was more than five weeks before. I mean, the fatigue lasted less and the brain fat fog lasted the longest, which is funny because that's probably like one symptom that I can't push through <laughs> where I will push through a lot of other things. But if I can't think, I can't think and that's it. I can't work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When I say push through, it means push through to work, just to be clear. Like you said, yeah. you didn't take time off too. But yeah. anyway. Um, yeah, it's, and it's interesting where, you know, in terms of, well, when are we defining something as long COVID? It seems to me that lots of people are experiencing sort of six weeks of fatigue and brain fog. And I, I, I you know, I therefore don't think that's you, that necessarily needs to be classed as long COVID. Agree. You know, I, I think if you're getting into, I, I personally think it should be, we're looking at more to th of three to six months. Mm-hmm. Or you know something like that, but I think it because if they're talking about right, well beyond four weeks, right. I think there are far too many people experiencing exhibiting symptoms at the four week stage. In fact, it seems reasonably common. Very, I've definitely heard four to six weeks from a lot of people, and yeah. that the brain fog and fatigue were the last symptoms to go away for them, but. I wouldn't say that I had long COVID, but if that brain fog didn't get better, if the fatigue had persisted, I would have been very, very worried. And I, I was really worried that it would. So I was like, is there anything that could be done for the for those symptoms? And people were telling me, address the neuroinflammation. There's things you can do. And I'm like, what are they? <laughs> but yeah, what, what, what are they? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, a couple of people mentioned different supplements and some a couple of people told me that brain spotting can help, which that makes sense to me because it does you know you when you receive brain spotting you feel that it's working with your brain but I didn't try it so I can't say and right. I didn't try any of the supplements either because it just sort of started getting better and I just sort of like stopped worrying about it and went on back to trying to get back to my normal life 
as we do. The, 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 the supplement one is, is very interesting because I would say, you know, somewhere between 98 and 99% of people who come to see me with a fatigue or pain condition will have done a, a quite a lot of work on diet, nutrition, supplements. And now, of course, those people who do that work and get well don't come to see me. Yeah. But, but everybody that, you know, I see, pretty much everyone I see will have done a lot of work. And I think those things are very useful because, again, you know, going to this kind of complex systems idea that, yeah, it is really important that we recognize there are pillars of well-being and we need to be consuming, ingesting foods and supplements that serve our well-being. And that may vary from person to person. You know, we need to be moving our bodies you know, drinking good, you know, water, moving our bodies, you know, getting exercise, and we need to be doing what we can to ensure that we are recovering. We're sleeping an appropriate amount, and we're also implementing recovery strategies during our working day. Uh, you know, because just from the perspective that we 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 live in cultures whereby um, it's all about it's performance driven. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just a there's a pressure on life to perform. It, 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 just on a side note, one of the things that was really interesting to me was I, I do I do two things with in my working life. I work with individuals in the in a private practice, but I go into organisations and run workshops and coaching on stress, resilience, well-being, these sorts of things. And one of the things that was coming up in doing webinars through COVID was that people were feeling people that were on maybe on furlough or working from home were feeling this incredible pressure to to be seen to be productive. You know, I need to be landscaping my garden. I need to be learning French. I need to be decorating my house. And the pressure was just transferred. So it's kind of interesting. I, I think that, that, you know, that's uh, that sort of that pressure is there. I, I'm not quite sure how we get off on that, that tangent. Well, I agree with you, actually. Yeah, the productivity culture. And that's part of sort of what I was saying, like, what I wasn't saying about what I was saying that I was like pushing myself to get back to being able to do everything like normal. And, you know, we don't follow our, I don't, and we don't, I think culturally follow our body's rhythms. We follow, you know, like a external pressure to produce and perform serves the, you know, money-making machine behind the (laughs) capitalism and everything so but you know it's like when we were like living in you know tribes we weren't like whatever we were doing was for the good of all and to get food and to survive but not just to be busy just for the sake of being busy you know yeah i mean this i i I, this is sort of thing i i tend to talk about in certainly within organizations a lot is that you know for hundreds of thousands probably millions of years we existed in little tribes we went to bed when it was dark we got up when it was light maybe we got up a bit in the night as well and slept and slept with it in the day but we, uh, amazingly we, we ate food that was organic um we you know we had uh, light and heat that was natural um but we were just you know us and of course as we know our stress response was designed to for us to thrive under short-term stress or pressure and what we have now is entirely different like, you know in the last 100 years and even in the last 20 probably particularly in the last 20 years the change in our environment and our culture and society has been so dramatic that it's i think it's a shock to the system really um and of course things you know this it's been an exponential rate of change i think 
Uh, and yeah, we, we exactly, as you say, we need to be looking inward more. We're so externally focused and driven. We need to be inwardly looking and, and tuning, aligning with our own, our body's natural rhythms. And of course, the, the, the more we attune to them, the more equipped we are at paying attention to the body, getting in touch with, you know, what our feeling states are, where do they come from, what do they mean, where, how are they guiding us, you know, the, the generally the better our health is. Hey, everybody. I wanted to take a quick minute to tell you about my experience with Sunset Lake CBD. I first tried CBD when my integrative doctor recommended it for chronic neck pain and tension that tends to wake me up at night. I really like Sunset Lake CBD's products. The full spectrum CBD tincture is mild tasting compared to others I've tried, and I find it works quickly. It doesn't feel sedating, but it does have a pleasant calming effect. And I also like the CBD gummies. They taste good and they work well. So if you're looking for a craft CBD product that comes directly from a farm outside Burlington, Vermont, that's a producer for Ben and Jerry's ice cream, you're going to want to check out Sunset Lake CBD. And remember, Therapy Chat listeners get 20% off using the promo code CHAT. So go to sunsetlakecbd.com and use the promo code CHAT. Yeah, thank you. So, I mean, I don't feel like that was a tangent. To me, it's totally aligned with what we're talking about. But thank you for letting me interrupt you before. And if you will now, it would be wonderful to hear how do, what have you been doing with people who've come to you with these symptoms how are you approaching it so this this sort of there's two there's two um lines of, of attack oh that's completely the wrong word but there's there's two there's two sort of uh, aspects i suspect the the that comprise this 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 approach the first is that when we when we have a health challenge we very often go into playing defense and thinking okay I've got I've got this health challenge and I need to alter or modify my life as a result of the health challenge and the irony can be that uh, that in and of itself can can somewhat perpetuate that health challenge uh, as we know with you know things like when we eat when we go to bed to a certain extent we can entrain our bodies to be to, to get used to something so, but they, there can be a fear of, well, I, you know, I, certainly when fatigue is involved, that, well, I've got a certain amount of energy, I've got to manage the energy very, uh, uh, very carefully, um, and I need excellent amount of sleep at night and probably a few hours in the day as well. But that, that illness lifestyle, and this is where a little bit of coaching comes in, is that illness lifestyle um, can, be, can become so restrictive that we, uh, it, as I say, it can serve to perpetuate symptoms because I think that any sense, you know, and, and this is a part of, I suppose, of what, it, what uh, energy flow coaching is about is that, you know, my view is, right, well, we, we're designed to flow, we're designed to thrive. And if we're constricted or restricted in any way, then that, that's, that's a stressor that leads to frustration and boredom and annoyance and, a, you know, guilt and shame and a, a plethora of, 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 of feelings, which therefore, which exacerbates what the, mm. problem, the problem is. Um, you know, wh whether they played a role as the underlying primary cause or not, 
the the fact that you know if we are shut down if we're shutting down then that will be a stressor so that's the the first thing that that i do is really it's it's well what can we begin to challenge as people have modified their lives as a result of um having long covid how can we begin to um if you will coach them back uh, in a safe way to back to normal life uh, and that can be things like you know the example being with that very first uh, patient that i had she was sleeping three hours every afternoon from a sleep perspective that's sort of two sleep cycles so i said right well can you sleep for 90 minutes so can we have the first week can you could you cut it back to one sleep cycle which she did and then we kind of gradually cut back from there so that was one you know uh, just one aspect but it was the idea of what will just challenging something that you now think you need may may be useful so that's the first thing the second thing i do is because i'm sort of assuming to a certain extent that it may well be the case and particularly again if we is if i talk about the medical history to 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 a patient then we'll talk we'll get i'll get a bit of an insight into previous traumas previous uh, stresses so I, I, from there it's it's often the case that, that an individual may well have had quite a lot of you know stress load on them prior to the onset of, of covid so what i'm then doing is then we're going back and we're looking at all right so what were all of those things in that person's as i would say their stress bucket um, so it's looking at all aspects really of their life that may have contributed to the body being in the position that it's in. And then it is just like we were just saying a few minutes ago, it's looking at those pillars of health. Again, a lot of people that come to see me are, all, are reasonably health aware. So they recognize the importance of good nutrition, exercise, sleep. So they're, you know, but for those that don't, it's all right. Well, um, because of the complexity of COVID, we need to know that what, what we've got to do is, is, create a foundation or a, or a platform that allows for enables the body to heal itself got to put the body in the best environment that it that it can heal itself so those are the, i suppose those are the kind of the key the key areas but i just as you know as we were chatting before i recognize that there are clearly complexities um with covid and if somebody has a heart issue or if there are lung problems you know, it could, you know, particularly if it gets to the stay at that stage where there is a maybe a structural, a measurable objective structural issue uh, or problem, then you know it's it's going to be there. Probably some other treatment is going to be is going to be needed. But I still think there's value in in this approach, and I think you know because it gets people moving, and I think and that is particularly important. You know, we know that. Um, when you're in a space where you have an external locus of control, where you think I'm being, I'm a victim of circumstance. This is happening to me. Mm -hmm. There's nothing I can powerless. Do. Yes, uh, medicine is offering me nothing. Again, that, that's a huge stressor. So, you know, that's the irony. Unfortunately, that is likely to perpetuate the condition. So, simply having that hope, having that empowerment, beginning to do something, beginning to take some steps. Uh, and move forward, I think can help enormously. Because as I said, you know, as I said right at the start, one of the core principles of energy flow coaching is that well, we have innate well-being, the body, you know, both from a, a physical perspective of a physical immune system, we have an emotional uh reset immune system as well that's trying to bring us back into balance. So everything is working, you know, to bring us back into balance. 
uh, or into harmony. And, you know, what we want to be doing is just is believing that and doing what we can to uh, um, to help that along. Yeah. I, I, you know, there's so there's so much about that, um, you know, when people have cancer, that hopeful, you know, perspective is more healing than, uh, you know, if they're very fearful and they're very hopeless. Um, of course, you know, it's understandable. These are scary things. And like, like cancer, COVID is something that if you get it, it's for most people, you don't, you don't want to get it. You're afraid of getting it. And if you get it, you're pretty worried. And you know, it's, it's a weird thing. Like you said, it's, it affects the body in so many ways and so little known about it, but I feel hopeful about this, what you're sharing. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is, I I don't think, I'm not sure that I've ever experienced anything like this before in my life or even just a virus that seems to manifest in so, in so many different ways it's interesting that cancer thing I, I remember reading about 20 years ago and not that I've been, a, been able to find it since about a research study uh, where those with cancer uh, were, were kind of questioned about their, their perspective and you had those that said well, well this is I'm done for I'm, it's hopeless it's all over uh, those that were somewhere, you know, okay, well, I'm going to learn from this, and those that people, well, I'm going to change my life now. This is not, this is an opportunity to change yeah. my life. And the survival rates between the first group of I'm hopeless and the last group of I'm going to change my life was absolutely enormous. I can't, I can't remember the stats on it, but this is the thing, I suppose, when we shift our understanding of what something is, you know, we we have this, we 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 externalize so much. Something is happening to me, and we're going to fight it. Uh, I don't think I don't think those perspectives are useful. If, you know, if my body has an adaptation in a particular way, then you, you know, it, it, surely it must be possible that my body can shift what it's doing because it's 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 in a pro- it's always in a process. I think whatever health challenge we're experiencing, it's it's a process that the body is going through, and it's an adaptive process. And, you know, there, there must be, I think it's always useful to just be in a space of believing that, well, there must be some, some there must be some way of self-correcting that. But sometimes, uh, uh, you know, just like if you fall over and you, you cut your leg, at some point the cut's so bad, you need to have stitches. So, you know, that's always going to be the case that, well, yes, my, my leg might heal itself and I, but I might need stitches. But it's it's knowing well, you know, how many stitches and who's going to do, and that's that's the difficult bit, isn't it? Um, but that I think that that point with cancer is is pertinent really now, and you know, particularly that the whole idea of um, partic- with COVID, we've had there's been so much fear. We're living in a time where I, I don't think you know the fear is palpable, and what, what with mm-hmm. emotion being so contagious, you've just got to walk out of your front door and you can feel it really. Um, and it's it's just exacerbating the problem, isn't it, really? And I think we, you know, those of us in this field probably knew that, that this is where we were kind of headed when the whole lockdown started. You know, I, I knew my sense of it was right. Well, this is, you know, is is the the impact on people's overall mental well-being and, and health going to be? you know you know it's, it's going to be worse than that you know are the numbers of people affected through mental health issues going to be worse than the people that numbers of people affected with the virus itself um controversial issue possibly but i, I suspect that you know this is what we're saying i, I know for me it's it's been it's been interesting in a way I, i've had a lot more people that have pres- clients that have presented with 
what would be seen to be mental health challenges. So, you know, your anxiety, your depression, overwhelmed, can't cope, not, you know, I don't know who I am anymore, that kind of stuff, since COVID, which there's a bit of an irony. I, I lost a lot of my corporate work because obviously organisations stopped doing in-person workshops, but then that was replaced with all these people with, I can't deal with things. I do wonder whether what happened with COVID was that there were there were lots of things that maybe people had bubbling under the surface. I think issues, that. You know, and then I don't know whether this was a final straw that just gave people an opportunity to, you know, for the whatever the problem was, you know, just to come to the surface. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's either or, you know, if the physical health and death impact is more severe than the mental health impact. But I think that and, and there's so much interplay between both, because if you lost someone, then, you know, you're you might be home can't interact with other people and you're grieving and you don't get the community support and you can't have a funeral, you know, all the things that were happening in the early part of the pandemic that were so really destructive to, I think, our social fabric in so many ways. And, um, but I noticed at the time, I know we're near actually at the end of our time, but I noticed at the time that, you know, with, with so many distractions, there was a really unique period where there were so few distractions, at least, I don't know how it was in the UK, but here, I mean, TV, like life revolves around TV a lot here. It's really weird. Sports or reality shows or whatever. And, you know, a lot of shows weren't being produced. The the national sports teams weren't playing and not just national, but like the NFL and the NBA football and American football and um, basketball. Without those distractions, suddenly people were kind of forced to, I think, pay more attention to what they were feeling, even involuntarily. I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. I think this um you know with the, the, the that busyness people were maybe working at home so didn't have that commute to, to as, as a distraction and all of the other stuff so yeah it's given people an opportunity to pause and reflect and look at themselves and look at what's important so that when their life is turned upside down and of course people don't like people don't work well particularly when their patterns are shifted especially when they don't have a um, that much of a choice in their patterns being shifted that's a bit of a stress isn't it so but yes very (laughs) certainly interesting definitely very interesting times well kyle thank you so much for coming back to therapy chat to talk about this i've enjoyed our conversation and where can people who would like to learn more about you and your work find it uh you can find me at energyflowcoaching.com if there are any therapists out there that are thinking oh well i'd like to you know have some ideas on helping people with long covid or fatigue pain type conditions we are doing an energy flow coaching practitioner online training which will be starting in march which will be running january to march next year dates will be going up onto the website um within the next week but yes if anyone's interested in that come to the website and have a little look wonderful so that's a training for therapists who would like to become energy flow coaching practitioners or just to learn more about it it's it's actually a little bit of both so there's the the training is split into two stages the stage one is where you kind of learn the, the basics so that you can, you know, implement some of that stuff into your life uh, and into your work. And then there's a stage two, which is the supervised practice, which is if you want to be a kind of certified uh, energy flow coach and have your name upon our website and whatnot, you go through the stage two. Stage two is about a year. 
So the stage one is just, as I say, it's a, that, that's a three-monther, um, which will be a, a series of Zoom lectures, essentially, and a, you know, online portal and that kind of stuff. Wonderful. Thank you for telling us about that. That's, I think, I'm sure some listeners are going to be wanting to check that out. Well, Kyle. Well, have a look and have a chat with me if it interests. <laughs> you can see he's very approachable. <laughs> Thank you again so much for coming back to Therapy Chat. I always love talking with you. Thank you very much for having me on this, uh, talk about this interesting topic. Thank you to Sunset Lake CBD for sponsoring this week's episode. Use promo code CHAT for 20% off your entire order at sunsetlakecbd.com. Sunset Lake CBD is a farmer-owned small business that shifts craft CBD products directly from their farm outside of Burlington, Vermont to your door. Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. They offer tinctures, edibles, salves, and coffee designed to help with sleep, stress, and sore muscles. Sunset Lake CBD customers support regenerative agriculture that preserves the health of the land and creates meaningful employment in the community. Farm workers are paid a living wage and employees own the majority of the company. Remember, use promo code CHAT to get 20% off your entire order at sunsetlakecbd.com. And for more information and resources on trauma and healing from trauma, go to www.traumatherapistnetwork.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a community for therapists and a place for anyone to go to learn more about trauma and find resources and connect with help www.traumatherapistnetwork.com. Thank you for listening to Therapy Chat with your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, please visit therapychatpodcast.com. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today.